Uh, the first bit of encouragement that Dave gave me was, uh, I expect this to be a short word, he said. Yeah, yeah, love him. <laughs> oh, yeah, to bits is so, so true. <laughs> if only that could happen. Right. <laughs> Yeah. What can I do? Right. Just uh, talk among yourselves while I get sorted here. Great. Okay. Do you know, this morning, things have been said that really make me realize uh, why God wants me to say what I'm going to say now. Okay. It's always good, isn't it? Uh, we live in a world that's got lots of stuff going on. But there's also lots of stuff going on personally and, you know, things that affect people in this church. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, first of all, from Ephesians uh, chapter 1. And I'm going to start at verse 17. Right. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably, has, you know, he has. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. That's for each one of us. Okay, that's how good it is, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. You know, Jesus is reigning. Jesus is there. He's in charge. And the same power that raised him from the dead is there for us, okay? And we need to be encouraged with that. And Jesus is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed, think about this, we were praying about the Brexit vote, right? God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Who's in charge? Feeble. Rubbish. Who's in charge? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I was worried you hadn't got that there. Okay. It's, it's the run-up to Christmas. Okay. Dave is so excited. <laughs> yeah, he can barely sleep at night. Listen, yeah, I can imagine you having your... T- Little, little personal secret here, which, which I, I, I know Rachel loved me saying this. Dave likes to get up early. Now, in the winter, it's very dark, isn't it? Isn't it very dark in winter? And uh, he can't really see where he's going because he doesn't want to disturb, although he probably does, disturb Judith. Okay, so what Dave puts on so that he can see around is he wears a head torch. <laughs> now... I'd like you to picture that in your minds. Okay, just, just a couple of moments there. Okay. 
He says it's normal. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> yeah, probably is in your world. <laughs> I'm just imagining Dave having a Christmas torch. <laughs> okay. I just think you ought to do this. <laughs> a Christmas torch. You know, put a little bit of color over it. You know, a bit of red, blue. I just think you need to be a bit more festively inclined, Dave. Okay. Yeah. So Dave is looking for stuff that he can't see. We'll come back to that in a minute. We'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. Okay, so there's all, yeah, you know what it's like at the moment. You, you've probably all made your lists and stuff like that of things you're not likely to get. Um, there's shopping trips being undertaken, arrangements finalised, getting that last family member to let you know what he or she wants for Christmas. You know, you're texting them all the time. Oh, look, lots of heads nodding there. I know this because Laney's... Sorry? You haven't even started yet. Well... Don't let Dave hold you back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and one of the things people ask you around this time of year, they say, what are you doing, what are you doing for Christmas this year? They always ask that, don't they? What are you doing for Christmas this year? Anyone here getting ready for Christmas? No one. Obviously, no one is getting ready for Christmas. Who's getting ready for Christmas here? Oh, for goodness sake. She's like wading in treacle. All right. Now, here's the thing. If you ask most people what was the real meaning of Christmas, they would probably tell you about the origin of the celebration, you know? Oh, it, it's, it's when Jesus was born. Uh, and kind of like that, that's right in one way. But all they're really saying is that's why we have Christmas, because someone, it says that Jesus was born and we celebrate and remember him being born. You wouldn't recognize that. Laney and I like to look at, you know, when we go around looking for Christmas cards. You know, there was a time when it, you actually had Christmas cards with things about Jesus on them. You know, you try finding them these days. You know, they like the old three kings and all the rest of it, but yeah. You know, you're hard pushed to find that. It's, it's all the robins and it's all the other stuff about Christmas. However, Christmas is the church's way of saying, yeah, remembering the birth of Jesus. But more than that, and, and that's what I want to get across this morning, and what I think God wants you to get this morning, it celebrates that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Okay, have you got that? He sent his only son, and that son Jesus has another name that we often use at Christmas time Emmanuel, God with us. Now, if you go away with nothing else this morning, go away with that God with us. The living God has come among us. He's made himself known to us. He wants a relationship with us. He's always there for us. And Jill was saying exactly that before. And we need to know that. And that, that's what's happened at, at what we celebrate as Christmas. God has made his way 
into this world in a very special way. And God is there for us. In all that stuff that's going on in the world, in all that stuff that's going on in our lives, in all the problems that we face, in the good stuff that we have as well, God is there, okay? And and that is what I want you to get today. Now, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can have a, a little video, a little thing up there. I, um, I was going to say, am I in the way? Seen from one point of view gives one impression. Seen from another point of view, it gives quite a different impression. I just stop there. But it's only when you get the whole picture you can fully understand. An event seen from one point of view gives one impression. Seen from another point of view, it gives quite a different impression. But it's only when you get the whole picture you can fully understand what's going on. Cheers, thanks. Okay, do you see what happened there? From looking at one view, you think this skinhead is having a go at the old guy. And then you realise that actually he's pushing him out the way. You see, we have a problem that sometimes what we see and don't, about what we see and don't see. Um, That's why Paul, in the reading I gave from Ephesians earlier, he prays that the eyes of the Ephesians' hearts may be enlightened. We we don't see everything. And and sometimes we're only seeing the bad stuff. And we don't realise that, and we forget that God is there for us. Paul wants their hearts to be enlightened so they can know hope and everything God has for them. So they can grasp that despite appearances, God reigns. Jesus is enthroned. We're not finished yet. Um, You know, there's that bit that I like, and I've quoted before from that film, which is, um, it'll be all right in the end, and if it's not all right, it's not the end. You know, and sometimes we need to cling on to that, that God is going to sort things out. The world around us that we see is not all there is. And and you see at Christmas, I think people miss all that. They're seeing all the other stuff. We should be able to see that there is more than we actually see with our eyes. We need to see with our spiritual eyes. We are never alone with our problems and difficulties. In the letter to the Hebrews, we read that Moses managed everything thrown at him because he saw him who was invisible. Okay? He realized 
He realized through everything that was going on that God was there, that he wasn't on his own in all these things. In another part of the uh, letter to the Ephesians, it says this. It says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, there's a whole lot going on that we don't see. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to rely on God. That's why we need him. It's pretty scary, but there are three things that make it less scary to know about those evil things out there. First of all, God has given us the means to stand. He, he gives us each other. He gives us prayer. He gives us his word. He gives us all sorts of things to help us stand. Secondly, God has his own army of angels battling for us, you know? Um, there's a great bit in Daniel about the angel Michael taking on the evil forces. You know, he's held up for a while because he's having a good old fight. Um, we're not on our own. Um, we've got God on our side. You know, we win. You know, it's not like England. You know, we know we're going to win. Right? Every, every fight we're in, in the end, we win. There's a great example of what I'm talking about in a story about Elisha the prophet. And it's in 2 Kings. And, and I love this story. Um, so much so that I can't find it. Here we are. Right. Elisha is being hunted down. And uh, he's got a servant with him. And they've found a little town. They've found, they've found a city to go and, and get in. Uh, to hide away, but they've been found. And there's this whole army outside. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Yeah, right. I mean, you see an army around you, you're going to be afraid. Why wasn't Elisha afraid? This is why. O oh Lord, open his eyes that he may see. That's the prayer that we need for each other. Open our eyes that we may see. Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There was, there may have been an army, but God had an army as well, sorting it out. And, uh, hey, the story is that, hey, Elisha wins and whatever. Um, it's great. I'm going to, can we play, we're going to play a little bit of a song now. And uh, if you can just...
may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Remember this for the rest of the day. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Okay? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. And, and as Elisha's servant couldn't see at first what was around him. He, he could just see the enemy, but he, wasn't, he may have been surrounded, but God was surrounding him as well. I know this is how I should fight my battles. This is how I should fight my battles. So... And maybe we'll do that song sometime. That would be quite cool, wouldn't it? I'm just going to read now, and I'm not going to say much more because I hope, and I, I don't care how early it is, I just hope that the message is getting through. Um, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians 4.18, um, and this is what Paul says. For our light... Well, actually, I'm going to start a bit earlier. Therefore, we do not lose heart. It's easy to lose heart, isn't it? Do you sometimes lose heart? I, I do. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, and they don't seem light and momentary to us, but in the scheme of eternity, they are, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And this is it. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We are not alone. Christmas actually isn't about a baby in a little, in a manger. Uh, that's, that's the smallest part of it. The big part of it is that God has visited this planet. He's come here and he's living among us. Emmanuel, God with us. We are not alone. We need to fix our eyes on him. That's what it's about. It feels like and we are at times surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. Father God, there are hearts here that at times have, have failed because of the stuff that's in front of them. There are problems that face people that seem unsurmountable. And also... Uh, those spiritual forces, the enemy comes against us at times. Father God, we thank you that you are there for us. Help us to have our eyes opened. Help us to be able to see the unseen. 
Help us to realize your presence. Help us to know that you are with us. Father God, may in our lives Emmanuel not just be a word, but something that exists in every single part of our lives. Father God, we thank you so much that you sent your only son to this world. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, before, before we had a little prayer time uh, before this meeting, and, and Judith said about it, it shouldn't be just an ordinary day. Uh, and that um, it shouldn't just be an ordinary Sunday. Do you, do you know, it, it, every day is not ordinary if we remember that God's there. Do, do you know, there is no such thing as an ordinary day if you can see some of what is unseen. You know, it just changes everything. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to finish there. Thank you.